Hi, this is Reese Wakefield, uh, star of The Grandson, and you're listening to Without Your Head. of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by kate lister it's very cool to have you here <laughs> thank you so much for having me well, thank you for coming on i was gonna think of a cool name for you because it was nasty neil could have been killer kate oh i'll totally be killer kate <laughs> that sounds All right, good for me kate. excellent now obviously uh from the accent uh, you're from australia so uh how, how did you go from uh how did you start making movies in america um, well, I haven't made any films yet in America, but I've worked in the UK a lot. Um, so I've worked okay. um, in Australia and the UK, and I have been to America to study. So I've studied acting there um, full-time in both LA and New York. And I did go to Montana um, to work mm-hmm. on a project, but not as an actor. I was doing the actors' interviews. So, yeah, so okay. I've been to America, and I'm in love with it. So I'm trying to get a visa at the moment. Oh, very cool. I think Americans just think all movies are made in America. That's probably why. <laughs> well, I mean, majority of them are, so you're pretty correct in saying that. Is, is, are horror movies big in Australia? How do people uh, see them? Um, I think we've got we've got a couple of ones that have done really well. Like, um, I think it was the director. The director, I think, for the original Saw was Australian, and we've got Wolf Creek and. Um, stuff like that so we've we've had some bigger ones but it's not as big as from what I can tell it's not as big here as it is in in England but maybe that's because that's the industry that I'm in there Um, yeah it's definitely not not as strong here as what it is in England and America Mm -hmm. did you grow up watching horror movies or uh, what kind of movies did you watch to make (laughs) you want to be in movies um it was it was really odd, actually. I never really – I mean, I watched a few and got quite scarred from them. Back in the day, I must have been so young, I watched When a Stranger Calls, which uh-huh. – um, and it was the original one, and that just scared me to death. So I – and then I remember watching Hostel when I was living in England, um, and that must have – I must have been about 21, um, and thinking, oh, great, now I'm traveling around and I've just watched Hostel. I've got, like, the worst. <laughs> so I'm having, like, nightmares about being in these stupid little hotels or hostels. Um, so I did watch a few, but I never really got into them until I started acting in the horror films. And I thought, oh, I better, I better, you know, watch some and do my research. So that's kind of when I started mm-hmm. watching more horror films. Yeah. So make sure this, uh, this Skype call is not coming from inside your house. Oh my gosh! Stop it! <laughs> so oh when you gosh. started, he's inside your house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then it like, and then it did like double jump, jump. Um, what's it called? Into her face. It was like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I remember it so well. 
So uh, since you um, weren't uh, necessarily like a big horror fan when you started to do a make horror movies, do you think that uh, helps at all? Because uh, you could play scared maybe better since uh, you're not as familiar with uh, the horror movies. Um, I well, I did watch. Yeah, I did watch a lot, and I think it was more to get an understanding of what worked and what maybe didn't work so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get on set, it. I mean, I think horror films are maybe probably one of the most difficult genres for myself anyway as an actor and I think for a lot of actors because you're consistently putting yourself in a state of fear and that is very hard to do when you intellectually know what's going on around you and you know that all of the crew are there and the mm-hmm. other your other you know castmates are there and you know you're not going to die. You you know that. <laughs> so to put yourself mm-hmm. in that headspace and trick yourself into it, day, like every day on set, is is so hard. And I always come home from shooting these films so exhausted and almost almost like I have anxiety from from triggering my, you know, that kind of thing for so long. I come home and yeah. I'm like pa- panicked because I've been putting myself in that state for so long. <laughs> so I feel right. sorry for my family and my partner. <laughs> They're like, calm down. Nothing's going to happen to you. I'm like, I know. I'm <laughs> at my family dinner. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so is it different than, um, than showing other emotions when you're acting? Uh, fear specifically? Um, I Look, I, be- I believe so. Um because I think it's also your when when you're showing, let's say, you know, you're emotionally, you're upset and you're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's scripted that you're meant to be crying. The dialogue or the circumstances are usually there for you. It's written on the paper. It's you've got dialogue with someone else that can fuel that. Um, whereas when it's horror, uh, to be scared like that is something you have to do for yourself because the dialogue doesn't really make you scared. Mm-hmm. If you know what, does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Find something in the, yeah. So uh, can you tell us about Mandy the Doll, which I do like the poster quite a bit. <laughs> that was a funny one for me. I'm I'm just I'm like um I'm just in the opening scene and that basically came about because I was shooting another another film which I fell in love with the script and the idea and the concept of. So this was just like a little add on the same production company. Um, they had to flesh out that Mandy the doll. They had to flesh that out and they were kind of missing a cool opening. So they'd already shot all of it. And then they asked mm-hmm. if I would do um, just a day shoot before shooting this other film. So I did. So I'm literally the girl at the start that's running up the stairs when I should be running out the front door. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I've kinda, I get to tick that off my bucket list. So that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I did see that that and Curse of the Scarecrow is both written by the same person, Shannon Holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So they're kind of those, they're ones, I guess, um, they're fun. They're a bit silly, like, Mm -hmm. but, you know, they've got the gore and they've got that scary kind of creepy aspect of a doll and this weird, the the costume for the Scarecrow was actually quite cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So those ones for me were actually harder because, as I said before, intellectually, I'm looking at this doll, knowing that it's a doll, even though it's got a really creepy face and right. dolls are quite creepy. I still mm-hmm. know that it is a doll. So 
So that one for me is harder to kind of trick yourself into. But um, luckily, yeah, for that one, I just had that opening scene. So I just had to get myself in that state for one day. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And see, we might have to worry about you if you did think it was like a possessed doll that they just found and put in the movie. (laughs) I would end up in a psych ward. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There is... There is something about dolls and toys in movies that always kind of, uh, since I was a little kid, I was not, I don't want to be like a tough guy that I wasn't like uh, afraid of a lot of things, but I watched horror movies since I was a kid, so a lot of stuff didn't scare me. But uh, stuff with dolls and action figures and toys always did. I think it's because I had a lot of them in my uh, in my room. In your room. And yeah. also, like, even watching things like Toy Story and any uh, – um, I think there's one called, like, Indian in the Cupboard or something, and it's like this <laughs> idea of your toys coming to life when you're asleep. Like mm-hmm. that is in itself quite scary to think of, especially as a child. Like you're like, what are they doing in my room while I'm sleeping? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I totally <laughs> understand that. And then there are a lot of really creepy doll movies that are out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there was uh, one specific. When I was a kid. It's called Magic, and it's probably not one a lot of people know. But uh, the trailer for it always uh, freaked me out. Uh, I'll send it to you after the interview. It's it's only like eight seconds long, but it's very creepy. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. I would absolutely love it. What's your favorite horror film? Uh, I really love, well, it depends what kind of mood I'm in, but I really love Creepshow. It's a very funny anthology horror movie. Ah, I'm going to have to write that down. I'm doing the rounds. I kind of keep getting favorite ones and then watching them. Yeah, and it's the first movie my mom bought me in VHS tape back in the 80s when we were in the big (laughs) claim trail. That is awesome. So do you think that your favorite ones are like the 80s, kind of those classic 80s horrors? Yeah, I like like them. I mean, I like, uh, I kind of like a lot of different things. I mean, I love the the real old classic stuff like Frankenstein. Yeah, cool. uh, And Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I love Psycho. Yeah, cool. So, but I mean, I I don't know. It really depends what kind of mood I am in. But uh, those are the ones that really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. That's so much fun. I think a lot of like true horror fans do tend to go back to those types of films. That's 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 what got them in the start. So yeah, and it seems like the '80s stuff is kind of making a comeback. <laughs> a lot of people make movies that are uh, uh, kind of a, like have the '80s feel to them. Even yeah. like the mainstream stuff, like Stranger Things and stuff. I th- I don't know. I think maybe it's because people who grew up in the '80s are now making movies. Yeah, and they can relate to it. It's, it does bring back their childhood. I did a film called Unhinged, which was a remake mm-hmm. of an 80s horror film. So you'll have to check that out. Yeah, <coughs> oh, sorry. definitely will. That's okay. <coughs> I've, 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 you'll have to be careful going back and forth because I feel like I've picked up the flu on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I usually take uh, this thing called Airborne, which uh, even when we go to conventions to try to uh, – Get, not get what they call like the the con crudge or something like that because usually get sick if you're around a lot of people yeah absolutely that's a great idea i'm definitely i've had like one week of it so um i'm uh-huh. definitely over it now i'm like press on go to someone else <laughs> <laughs> that you how long of a flight is that from uh, australia to england well i did a direct one so it was 17 hours but usually if i go from melbourne it's about 24 oh wow yeah it's a really long flight <laughs> Mine's not too bad. It's six hours right over the ocean. So. Oh, that's easy. You'll be there yeah. in no time. Yeah. It's about it's the a same good one for your I, first one. Yeah, it's about the same if I just flew to L.A., I think. It's about the same distance. How crazy is that? I love when yeah. that happens. You're like, I could be in the same country or <laughs> I can go somewhere else. And this is your first overseas trip. Yeah, I got my, I got my uh, passport. 
first time I ever had one. So uh, yeah, I'm, very, I'm looking forward to it. Woohoo! Are you going by yourself? I know my friend uh, Jason, who does our uh, reviews on the website. Uh, we're both going. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Oh, I hope you have a great time. Yeah. Uh, do you do you recommend anything to see in uh, in London? That's where we'll be staying. There is so much going on there. Um, I would go to all the typical sightseeing things, just so mm-hmm. you've said that you've done them. But right. for me, it's usually about going to like on a Sunday, going to like a little pub and having a Sunday roast and make sure you mm-hmm. try Yorkshire pudding. That's my favorite food in the whole world. All right. It comes, it comes with like a, it comes with a roast. Um, mm-hmm. It's very English. So I would just try and do all the English things, but I think it's quite warm there at the moment. So at least yeah. you'll have a little bit of summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hot where I am at the moment. So. Uh, so you're not looking for, see, it's winter here. So I was like, yay, sun. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a friend in Australia for for years and uh uh if she sends like a Christmas card, it's always weird because it'll be like Santa Claus like uh, uh mm. it, like surfing or something cuz cuz Christmas is in the summertime. It must be so yeah, it, I had my first white Christmas in Montana this year and it was so different. <clears throat> it is such a different feel and I'm so used to having barbecues outside and swimming and doing all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's weird to think of how everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, curse of the scarecrow. Can you tell us anything about that? Besides that it's got a cool scarecrow. <laughs> it does have a cool scarecrow. Um, yeah. That one, well, like, they've just made a sequel to it. Um, yeah, I saw I, that. yeah, I think it's, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, I think it's Bride of the Scarecrow or something like I that. So. I should probably I should probably know that. Um, but it's basically about this whole curse that has happened um, in this in this part of the world. Um, and it's uh, for my character anyway. Her family, her parents got killed when she was quite young, and she mm-hmm. was traumatized and she saw things. But obviously, then being such a young child, she blocked them out. So she was, but she was extremely damaged and she had to go to a lot of therapy and she's kind of, you know, get it. She's in her late twenties and she's just, she's starting to have little flashbacks. So, um, it's this idea of going back to the family home and trying to figure out what happened to her parents. And if she is crazy or if what she saw, which she thinks was something like a scarecrow, um, is true. And it's this whole cycle of it happens every third, uh, every 20 years. So then mm-hmm. she goes back and it's on the anniversary and then, you know, you, I'm sure you can imagine what happens then. Yeah, very cool. I'm interested in what uh, – Scarecrow is another thing that's a cool image of Scarecrow. I saw on your YouTube page that uh, you produced your own movie and I saw – I think you've uh, produced a few movies. Um, mm. uh, what's it like to be on that aspect of uh, creating a movie, on you know, behind the camera? Or behind yeah, the I, it's crazy. I have so much respect for producers and – um, people behind the scenes because I feel like they don't get the credit <laughs> that they should. Um, right. It's so difficult, but it's also very rewarding. So I've um, a couple of years ago with Phoenix Ray, I started a production company um, and we just wanted to tell stories and create it, create our own content. So we, um, so yeah, we shot our first feature film, which is called seven stories down. And now we've moved on to um a pilot we've shot, which at the moment I've, I literally just got off a, a conference call. We're shopping that around and it's called Murder. Yeah, that's a working title. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's almost, it's more of a thriller. And um, 
but yeah, look, I mean, doing producing and doing that kind of thing, it, it, I'm, I, I'm in love with acting and that's what I want to be doing. But producing is also very rewarding and you learn a lot from it. So it's been incredible for me just to be on the other side and see how everything works. I feel like it's only just, it's made me a better actor because I understand more about the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think most people think of a producer as someone who just like puts money into something and they might not actually do anything. So what does a producer do? Oh my gosh. So much. Um, I mean, when it's a small project, like my own company kind of stuff, you do everything from catering to finding the locations to props to finding all the crew, um, the budget, the the actors, um, everything that you need for a film. You're kind of in charge of putting it all together, putting the timeline down, budgeting everything, Um yeah. Also, I was involved with creating the story as well. So the script writing was done by Phoenix Ray, but we came up with the concepts and doing all that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've got a very small team. So maybe I did a little bit more than most producers, but I know producers have to really work hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, where, where can you find uh, your production company? Do you have a website or a Facebook page or social media? Yeah, we've got a Facebook page and it's called Little Fish Films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think we've got one for murder and for seven stories down. And when we're in Montana, actually, we shot a short film, which we're about to start editing. Um, and that's called Schnook. And that is definitely a horror thriller. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of went the inspiration of Tarantino. So it's very... <laughs> It's very out there and um, visual, which looks mm-hmm. amazing because Montana is so incredible in the winter and there were elk everywhere and the snow and the mountains and it was just so beautiful. So I can't wait to see that one come together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're on Facebook under Little Fish Films. Um, yeah, I don't have a website yet. I should probably get onto that. <laughs> No, I think a lot of people just use social media, so that's probably good. But it is I do find that it is like having a website. You can be contacted, you can put your things, you know, your bits and pieces up right. there. So it's easy to control and use. <laughs> Technology yeah, sometimes the, can get a little bit much for me. Right. And just the, the I guess the only thing is that it's not you know, if every anything would ever happen to Facebook, it's not there anymore. But I Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I actually use Facebook as almost like a a holding bay. So I put things on Facebook that I'm like, oh, cool. If my laptop goes down, I have all of my photos on Facebook or all of my links, you know, for my work on Facebook. So um, you're Uh right. I've never thought if Facebook goes down, oh gosh, wouldn't everyone just be a mess? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember being on MySpace years ago. Ah, same. uh, It's pretty (laughs) I tried to I thought log it into so it not cool. too long ago, but yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And it seems so odd that it just totally vanished, basically. So you tried to log in and it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't available I, anymore. I could, it's there, but I couldn't figure out how to log in. I don't know if I just couldn't remember the password, but like my phone, like I have a picture there, but I just couldn't figure out how to log into, into the, into the MySpace and the whole website. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. How long has it been? Gosh, I'm, oh gosh. How long do you think? 10 years. I was say probably like ten years. Yeah, that's cr- I loved it. You got to pick a song that you know represented you with a little background, like a picture of stars or something like that. I thought it was it was great at the time. <laughs> yeah. and then people would get mad if they weren't in your top eight. 
Oh, wow. I can't remember that. Maybe I didn't have many friends back then. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pick your top eight friends. And I remember sometimes people would be upset, like, why am I not in your top eight? Or, why am that I is number hilarious. Four? <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're questioning what number they're at. I thought I, I, thought I was a better friend than <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> So I, wow. I saw on your uh, I saw on your Facebook page uh, you had a you shared a link for this thing about auditions. It was, it was <laughs> very uh, it's both like funny and uh, it's probably poignant. I guess. Uh, do you have any stories about like bad auditions? Bad. Well, um, or bad auditions. I mean, they they are. Are you an actor? No. Well, no, okay. I, I just wanted I've to confirm because I things, but I've never auditioned anything. But yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, you haven't auditioned. It is horrific. Like it is when an audition comes through. Of course, you're excited about maybe booking something or at least getting an opportunity to perform. But you, you, it is also so terrifying because you go in there and you are completely judged. No matter what anyone says, they're always like, "They're your, they're your friends. They want you to get it." But you're also like, mm, but they're also looking at my body shape, my face, my eye color, the, the way I speak, if I forget a line and they're going, oh, no, she's not curvy enough or, oh, she's too blonde. Like, especially at the moment, there's um, a big thing and I'm pretty sure it's happening in America as well. Um, they want diversity. Mm-hmm. So for me being such a white blonde blondie, uh, uh-huh. it is just so difficult um so at the moment they're like oh she's not she's not Asian or she's not you know this so no don't let Mm -hmm. her audition and it's just you just get picked apart and it is so terrifying you basically walk in there thinking all right they're all thinking the worst of me and I know that's a headspace thing you should I should probably change that but um but it's just so terrifying it's like going for a job interview every Mm -hmm. single day (laughs) (laughs) you have to get really thick skin and you've got to you've got to learn how to cope with one yes and thousands of no's. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, what, what do you have? Uh, I know you mentioned a few things there, but what do you have like uh, coming out? It seems like you're working on quite a few things. Yeah, I just got back from the UK, which um, this project is one of probably one of my favorites that I've worked on so far. Um, and it's called Drive Me to the End. And it's a dark comedy. And my character was very challenging for me. Um my character was on the autistic spectrum. So, mm-hmm. you know, challenging because I didn't want to portray it in the wrong way and it's such mm-hmm. a large spectrum. So I had to really figure out where she was placed um, and it was just such a fun shoot and the director was also the writer and the lead actor. So that's challenging in itself because he had so many roles, um, you know, had to quick keep changing hats and um, – but it was so much fun and I loved the comedy parts that kind of shone through even though the themes that were in the film were quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's hopefully coming out next year. Um, that's in edit now, so post always takes a while. Um, that one and then the pilot that I was talking about, we're working on that, getting that up and running. And then another horror film that I shot last year I think has just gone into, I think it's just been completed um, so I haven't seen it yet, but it's called Deadly Callback. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was also very challenging. It was about an actor that wasn't um, wasn't doing very well and she was kind of at, a, at her last last chance and she was about to give up and she gets um, she gets this this callback for an audition and it's a horror film and she goes to it and it's basically 
out in the middle of nowhere and these these crew trick her into thinking she's auditioning for this film, but it's they're actually going to be doing a, a snuff movie. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so then it kind of it takes a big turn. She thinks she's auditioning for a film, but it turns into real life kind of torture, but mm. they're wanting to video it and edit it together, and it's just a crazy concept. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That sounds, that sounds good. What, what's the experience like to, uh, you know, because you said, you know, that's in the hands of another person to edit stuff. So you make them, you, you film the movie, and then, yeah. you know, the editors, the director, everyone takes that away. And so you don't know if it's going to come out like uh, in a couple months or years. What does that yeah. experience like? Then does it ever? Uh, I don't know. What, what's that like to, to have your to have really have no say? I guess after the, after you've done filming, it's it's so hard. I mean, you I I usually know that it's probably going to take at least a year. Um, mm-hmm. So I just try and move on to a next project. And for me, it's more about b- being on set than it is watching the final project. Um, mm-hmm. But you're so right. It is handed on to the director and editor and they can edit it however they like, and it could change the movie completely. And if Mm -hmm. you get a bad edit, then it could, it could ruin your performance. Um, Mm -hmm. So you just have to pray that you're in safe hands really and wait, play the waiting game. (laughs) Yeah. Are you doing your own editing on on the Um, stuff you're producing? Yeah, we have. So my, so it's um, Phoenix Ray and myself and, he does he's he's done some editing stuff before um so he did the editing for murder and we've now passed on seven stories down which is our feature film to um an editor she's brilliant um her name's Haley so I can't wait to see her take on it because it can change as I said it can change the film so we're basically handing over a project and going see what you can come up with and then we and then we'll make notes from there <laughs> right. so it's it's exciting because you know you might watch the film and be like ah oh, i didn't see it like that but this is mm-hmm. awesome so that's cool right. too you just have to yeah. trust the people that you're handing it over to mm-hmm. i always think it would be hard to edit your own stuff because you might get Too connected close. to something yeah like you're connected Absolutely. to something just from the experience as opposed to if it works or not in the movie Absolutely. I totally agree. I think that's why you need to have fresh eyes on it and you need to hand it around and get, you know, people's opinions and, and yeah, cause you can, if, especially if it's a scene that you loved the look of it and you've got a great um, venue to shoot in and the performance, but it's just not pushing the story along in the right mm-hmm. direction, but you love mm-hmm. that. You, it's so hard to let go of it. So it is, it is better to pass it on to someone else and say, does this make sense to you? And they'll usually yeah. be pretty pretty brutal about it. <laughs> well, I guess that's good though. Uh, <clears throat> so I know you said how to find a uh, little fish. How to fi- how do people uh, find you uh, online? Not like at your house. Or... <laughs> They're turning up on my front doorstep. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just under on on Facebook and Instagram. I'm under Kate Lister L I S T E R. Um, and yeah, I'm on, I'm not great with social media in regards to, I don't have Twitter and all those sure. extra things. I'm very simple. I have Facebook and Instagram. So, um, yeah. And I'm pretty good on responses and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Hit me up Kate Lister on Facebook. And I think it's, I should know my Instagram, but it's, um, Kate, um, Kate Elizabeth Lister actress on Instagram. Very cool. Uh, those are two I like, I know I should use, uh, Twitter more for the show, I just don't personally like it. I probably should just ask uh, someone to to run the the Twitter for me. 
Oh, you should get someone yeah. in charge of that. But but again, I have no idea how to use it, so I'm not even on it. I'm like, what would I gain from this? But people seem to love it, so you should absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. I, if I go there, I just basically just spam my own show. So I don't I don't know how good that is to, <laughs> to get people to follow you if it's just me just saying listen to my show. But uh, maybe if someone else was posting something interesting, it would, it would be yeah. more beneficial. Right? <laughs> I think it'll be good both ways. Yeah. All right, very Absolutely. cool. It was, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. That was ace. I love talking about the industry. Very cool. Yeah, very good. And uh, yeah, and when uh, something cool is coming out, uh, you're free to come back on if you like. Awesome. Absolutely. I'd love to. Very good. Thanks and have a good cool. day. Thanks so much, Neil. Yep. Bye. Bye. Hola, this is Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucho Gore Productions, and you're listening to Without Your Head. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Oh,